Sebastian Henderson Kelly was a 30-year-old from Westbrook, Maine. He was the father of two and was an excellent dancer. On the morning of June 17, 2017, Sebastian was dropped off at his boss's house. A couple days later, Sebastian called the mother of one of his children. He was never seen again. I'm Ed Densel, and this is Unfound. Many of you know I've come up with some sayings and phrases concerning disappearances, statements that have surely never been used before in regards to missing persons cases. For example, keep your head on a swivel. It means be aware of your surroundings. Know it when you see it or hear it. This concerns being able to identify the kind of disappearance immediately upon hearing or reading the facts. And then there's this one, the Natasha Richardson effect. This is a situation where a missing person might have had an undiagnosed serious concussion not long before going missing. And this injury is what might have caused the disappearance itself. I've named it after the actress who got hurt in a skiing accident but continued to enjoy herself, then two hours later slipped into a coma and died. This scenario is very common in everyday life, not just disappearances. But some cases from Unfound's catalog where this could have happened are Jason Landry, Crystal Bailey, Jacob Paddock Weeks, and Kevin Nguyen. Well, today we might think about adding Sebastian Kelly to the list because just hours before his whereabouts became vague, he was attacked by multiple men and sustained severe facial injuries. Did this disappearance start with a hit to the head? And now a summary of the case. This is brought to you by my friend Megan Lyonez's website, charlieproject.org. Sebastian Kelly was one of two children and the oldest. He was athletic, but maybe most surprising, Sebastian was a great dancer, specializing in breakdancing, spinning on his head, hands, etc. He graduated high school, and his work was remodeling homes. However, there were issues. The death of both of his parents greatly affected Sebastian. The relationship with the mother of his first child broke down when Sebastian could no longer cover up his drug addiction. And the relationship with the mother of his second child, well, it was horrible. So on the night of June 16th, 2017, Sebastian was at home alone when multiple men burst into his apartment. A neighbor calling 911 stopped the fight. The attackers escaped and Sebastian was taken to the hospital, 
with multiple head injuries. However, possibly due to his addiction and or his lack of medical coverage, Sebastian left the hospital without authorization in the early morning of June 17th. He ended up at his sister's. There, Sebastian told her that the mother of his second child had sent the perpetrators to his place. The mother of Sebastian's first child took him from his sister's to his boss's residence. Then, on June 19th, he called the same woman to talk to their daughter. Sebastian was never seen or heard from again. This is Unfound's first visit to Maine. However, as you can already tell from this summary, the interview will contain many topics we've discussed before. Addiction, bad relationships, and conflicting stories. But before you start jumping to any conclusions, please consider these three questions. Number one, are you inclined to believe the sighting of Sebastian at the Portland Police Department after June 17th? Number two, how do we reconcile conflicting stories between Sebastian's boss and the mother of his first child? And number three, does a video of Sebastian walking on a street after his disappearance exist, or are the police just making it up? The people who knew Sebastian best are open to many possibilities, including foul play, in regards to his disappearance. The guest for this episode is Sebastian's sister, Adrian Rush. Unfound news. A big change is coming to Unfound. Technically, I haven't signed the paperwork yet, but trust me, it's going to happen. What is the change? You'll hear about it next week in the news section. I will also explain in more detail the reason for this change on the upcoming live show. Next, there are also some changes coming to the YouTube channel. I'll be adding some new video series that will be accessible through a membership subscription only. But I can assure you, everything that is now free will stay free. Finally, the February 2022 newsletter in audio form is now available on both the YouTube channel and the website. Where you can find Unfound. Unfound supports accounts on iTunes, Pandora, Audible, Podomatic, Spotify, iHeart, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Deezer, and YouTube. Speaking of YouTube, on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, please join us for the Unfound live show. Watch, ask questions, and give the show a thumbs up. Contribute to Unfound at patreon.com forward slash Unfound podcast. This week, I need to thank Jane, Jennifer, and Kelly. You can also contribute at PayPal paypal.me forward slash unfound podcast. I also need to give a huge shout out to all the people who have monetarily contributed using Super Chat during the live show on Wednesday nights. Thank you for watching and thank you for donating. The email address 
unfoundpodcast at gmail.com. Merchandise, the books at amazon.com in both ebook and print form. Do not forget the reviews. The website, theunfoundpodcast.com. And please mention Unfound at all true crime websites and forums. Thank you. I'm so happy to have on this episode of Unfound the sister of Sebastian Kelly, Adrian Rush. Adrian, welcome to Unfound. Hi. Thank you. <laughs> uh, thank you for uh, joining myself and all the listeners for this episode. I appreciate it. Thank you for making the time, and I hope we can help you out. Let's start here. Let's talk a little bit about your family. We know that Sebastian is your brother, younger brother, older brother. How many kids? Uh, what was your family like growing up? Um, he's my older brother, and it was just us two. And I mean, our upbringing was good. Our parents were together. Uh, we were, were like any other sibling. We would fight a lot. <laughs> but, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but okay. We were really close. We were like we were best friends. He was. We were very mm-hmm. close. Mm-hmm. I have to ask, uh, you know, Sebastian, of course, it's a name. A lot of men have that name, but it's fairly rare. And, of course, your name is Adrian, uh, maybe also kind of a, a unique name. Uh, how did your parents name both of you? Um, Sebastian was named after um, my great-uncle wow. and after my grandmother. Okay. So family names. Okay. And I have a family name as well, so I, I know what that's like. Okay. Uh, how many uh, years older is Sebastian than you? He's four years older. Than four years, so fairly close. So he's 15, you're 11. Uh, he's 17, you're 13. And uh, like you said, it sounds like to me like uh, typical uh, maybe uh, siblings, uh, older brother, younger sister, getting into it sometimes, but also having each other's back. Would you say that's true? Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Would you say that uh, you and your brother Sebastian were alike in some ways or mostly opposites? Do you see some, maybe some of the traits that you have in him? Um, um, well, he, we kind of were like with our, um, like our sense of humor, but mm-hmm. as far as I goes, like he got, like, he was very artistic and he could dance and play sports and I barely could <laughs> draw the figures though. I mean, but we're kind of, we're, we were kind of opposites. Like I was a loner in, in school mm-hmm. and he was the pop. So. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. And, um, uh, did he look out for you? Kind of your protector? Uh, and, um, yeah. When we got older, like, but when we were in high school, like, not so much. Like, I was a freshman when he was a senior. And, mm-hmm. like, my first day of school, he shoved me in a locker. So, Well, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. I think a lot of yeah. younger siblings have had that happen to them over the years. I think that's maybe yeah. pretty common. Okay. All right. Yeah. And would you say, uh, given uh, your parents, would you say that uh, he's more like your father, more like your mother? Uh, was he like them? Or are you more like them? Um. He was more like my mom. I was more like my dad. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, quiet. My mom was um, loud. 
and like the life of any situation. Life of the party. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to uh, Sebastian. Maybe uh, you, you've kind of already uh, touched upon some of these things. That's fine. Uh, personality sounds like a more outgoing personality. In fact, you called yourself a loner compared to him. You said yeah. that uh, he was uh, in the sports. Uh, what maybe what particular sports do you remember him being uh, uh, excelling at? Um, he was really well. He like he played. He was a wrestler. And he would he was wow. But he was really good with football until um, he tore his oh. well, I think oh. or something, and um, he couldn't play anymore, and that like really upset him. But he was like he was a very good football player wow okay well that's unfortunately had the knee injury i know that can be very painful and uh yeah that usually uh ends uh sports careers i'm sorry to hear that okay um what about some of um you know his interests uh outside of that uh, was he into music maybe play an instrument or was he into fishing uh what kind of some of the thing other things he might have been uh, uh taken an interest in um he definitely liked fishing. Uh, we used to go fishing together. He um, was a he was into dancing. Like he would go to like break dancing competitions. Wow. Uh, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. He would like to draw. He was a, he loved to draw. Uh huh. He's very sick. So. So when you say he was into break dancing, uh, I'm showing my age. Uh, listeners know that I'm 51 years old. I remember like when that kind of started in the 80s. So it's like, um, you know, spinning like on the ground and stuff, that kind of dancing? Yeah, yeah, he would do wow. that. <laughs> okay. Really work. Yeah. Huh. Uh, okay. He would watch like videos and he would learn dance moves. And uh-huh. I remember like I would try to ask him to teach me and he would try and he would just get so mm-hmm. discouraged because I had no rhythm back then. And it was like, I don't know how he did half the things he did because huh. it was just like, I don't even know how somebody can move like that. But yeah, he was a really good dancer. Okay. Very good. All right. Uh, and if you, as you stated, uh, when he was a senior, you were a freshman. Uh, he graduated high school. Uh, did he take, uh, have any, any uh, additional education? Did he go to a trade school? What did he do if he graduated high school? Um, he, he didn't go to college or anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he just he moved out of our family home and went out on his own mm-hmm. and started hanging out with the, the wrong people around that time no. okay and, so. um, and we'll get into that here in a moment but so uh graduated high school moved out what did he uh, i guess you're saying that he maybe moved in with friends who were bad friends um, his friend at the time wasn't a bad friend, um, but hmm. just the people that um, he was closer to, because we lived hmm. in the country and he moved into the city, so oh. it was a different atmosphere, I guess. Yeah, different. sure, sure. What did he do? Um, did he work while he was in high school? Did he get a job after school? What did he do for money in his late teens into his 20s? Um, he did, like... he neighborhood stuff like he would like shovel people's yards and do like normal stuff teens do like babysit but not babysit but he would babysit with me 
Like, uh-huh. and stuff like that. Okay. One time, but that didn't last very long. But okay. Okay. Um, okay. Did he, uh, what other kind of work did he do later in his 20, into his twenties? Um, you know, of course we're going to be talking about, uh, his boss that he had at the time of his disappearance, um, kind of plays, I, I would call a prominent part in this entire disappearance, but what would kind of work was he doing with that guy? Um, he would do like, um, what's it called when people do like, like painting and stuff? What's that called? Um, I don't know. Uh, interior decorating, uh, landscaping. Okay, he did that stuff or like mm-hmm. any type of remodeling. Remodeling. Something. Okay, remodeling. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So let's move into this. Uh, move on to this. Now, uh, as you've kind of already stated, um, Uh, Started maybe having some issues after he graduated high school, and I just want to touch upon uh, some of those. Once again, uh, I don't know how deeply we want to go into uh, any one of them, but we do have to talk about them. Um, Did Sebastian have some troubles with the law? Yes. And uh, in in your opinion, once again, being his younger sister, why why do you think this happened? How did it happen? Um, Well... Our dad died when we were young. Like, he, my dad died when I was 17. Oh and it was really, like, it just, it was hard for both of us. So, mm-hmm. he just started almost, mm-hmm. like, like, lashing out and taking his anger out. He never talked about it. Mm-hmm. And then he just ended up um, doing things that he shouldn't have been doing and it just kind of was like a black cloud that followed him around mm. after the first time he got in trouble. And just always mm. was there. Okay. What kind of uh, law breaking did he do? What were some of the charges that were brought against him? Um, well, um, mostly there was um, a drug charge. Hmm. Pretty sure there was a theft charge, and um, he had um, an assault charge on oh. my mom. Oh my! Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I should say this. Like he used to, he would uh, run into steroids. Yeah. And he used to get real, real angry for yeah. no reason. He got mad one morning that <clears throat> half of a sandwich wasn't in the fridge. My mom for it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so that was that was pretty bad. Was that uh if I can ask, was that uh typical of the relationship between him and your mother? Or was that really, really out of character? Very out of character. He would never mm-hmm. never hands on my mom ever. So it was very, very scary. Mm-hmm. And it was like he, he was, you could tell it was like he, there was, he wasn't the same person when he took, he got on the steroids. It was yeah. so crazy. Were you, uh, if I, if I can ask, uh, were you there when this happened? Yes. Oh, you were. Yeah. Okay. Do you think that's, 
Do you think that Sebastian felt bad about it after it happened? Yes. He did? Did he apologize? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he did. Okay. Did, uh, did that ever, did you ever ever hear about that happening again? Or did you, did he and your mother uh, work things out and everything was smooth again? Yeah. No, it never happened again. Okay. And, uh, yeah. Okay. It never um, regarding your father's death, was, was this something that was sudden? Um, no, when I was in fifth grade, my uh, dad was diagnosed with, um, kidney failure. Oh my. So, we were dealing with that, and then when I was 17, he, um, got diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. Oh my. So, yeah, so we, like, he fought for, like, eight months, and... Wow, so he couldn't have been too old. He must, uh, your father must have what, been in his 50s maybe? Well, my dad was, my dad was 61 when he died. Oh, he's a little, uh, cause it, so he had, uh, he had you and Sebastian a little later. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, 61 still. I mean, it's very young. Very young, especially when the average male lives to be into his 70s in the United States. Wow. Okay, so this was not something that's sudden. It, um, you know, kind of went on for a while. Okay. All right, so he's having these troubles with the law, trouble, anger issues, it sounds like, and uh, there's some drug issue issues in there uh, as well. Let's move on to this. Uh, as far as you t- talked about him moving out, uh, his living situation, um, where was he living? Who was he living with? And we're going to get into his relationships. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing these two uh, topics will go together. But you had said that you lived in the country, he moved into the city. When you say the city, do you mean Portland? No, he had moved, um, he moved into Westbrook. Oh, he moved into Westbrook. Okay. And uh, what was um, the living situation there? Uh, I don't know if we want to get into these uh, women's names, but um, did he live with these women that he met? Of course, he had, had a child with... Uh, a, a child each with two different women. What can you say about his living situation over the time that, of course, he's getting into trouble, but he's working? What can you say about all that in his 20s? Um, in his 20s, he, well, when he moved out, when he was in high school, he just lived with one of his guy friends. And then he ended up moving back home after that. And to be with my mom after my dad died, really. Mm-hmm. And then he had, um, he dated another girl before his, um, for his two, the, before the mother of his children. And he had lived back and forth with her. And then what else? He lived, ended up living with me kind of, like, off and on. He would, like, stay on my couch a lot just to be away from, you know, being with my mom. But he pretty much only, like, he would go back and forth from home to mm-hmm. anywhere else and then always just come back home. Okay. Like, he never had, like, he never had his own apartment or anything like that. Okay. 
do you happen to know, and we're going to be talking about his boss here in a, in a little bit regarding his disappearance, but uh, my understanding, he was living at a, he was renting or from his boss. We talked about this remodeling uh, job, painting, et cetera, that he was doing. Do you know how long he had been living at that place before he went missing? Uh, he had lived there for almost, I would like to say almost, um, a year, I would think. Okay. I'm pretty sure the lease was coming up and I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty sure that he, okay. yeah, it was almost a year. It was, that was him and his, um, son's mother. Yeah. All right, let's now talk about uh, what I would call the two primary relationships. Um, we, once again, don't want to get into their names, I, I don't think. But uh, let's just talk about, uh, and both of these women are going to play prominent parts uh, in, in uh, Sebastian's disappearance. They both um, are on one or the, the other side of it. Um, let's just talk about his first relationship. I've had a chance to talk to this uh, young woman recently, but do you happen to know how Sebastian and she met, how long they were together? They, of course, have a child together. What can you say about that relationship? Oh, they met in high school. In high school? Um, no, they met in, yes, in high school, middle school. They went to school together. Like Okay. They were pretty much like, I always say that they're like high school sweethearts because I remember he had brought her over for the first time on, I think, on his 16th birthday, hmm. I think. And, um, yeah, and I was I was very rude to her because I didn't <laughs> like any girl that was dating my brother. I was very protective. That's funny. And they ended up, they always remained, um, like, in contact with each other. And they ended up having a baby together, which was crazy, but they were great co-parents. Like, they were, mm -hmm. they were best friends, really. They okay. were very, they had a good relationship. It was like, it was rocky yeah. a lot, but it was, you know, they were, they were very close. Okay. And listeners, uh, like I said, I had a chance to talk to this young woman uh, a few days ago, and I will be detailing just a few of uh, the items that she told me. Uh, and, and, of course, Adrian already knows uh, what she told me. I passed it along to Adrian. But just my one-on-one -on -one conversation, I'll be detailing at least a little bit of it after this interview is over. Uh, in your opinion, uh, how long were they together, and then what, what uh, happened to that relationship? And if you can... Once again, I know you had your own life to lead, lead, but in what year do you think that they finally split up? Um, well, I think that they finally split up in, I think, like around, I remember it was close to Christmas. Um, was it 20? 2007. Wow. 2008, maybe. So then considerably a lot of time before he went missing. Oh, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> okay. All right. And 
in your opinion, uh, they like I think you like you said they continued to kind of be friends, and they shared parenti- parental duties. Um. Yeah. Like he. He um. He would see his daughter. Like she never kept his kid from. Like he was always in his kid's life. Like they mm-hmm. did a lot of stuff together, even though they weren't together. Yeah. Like really, they did a lot of family-oriented things together. Okay. Like it was, it was pretty cool to see because a lot of people don't really have that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So I guess what we're saying here is even though that it ended, you would you say that it ended badly or was kind of the writing on the wall? Um, I mean, it did end badly, but it you know, it always worked itself out mm-hmm. because luckily for him, she is a very understanding yeah. and well-rounded person. Yeah. And she. She's just a great, I, I love her. She's a great person. Okay. I can see why. I, I got to talk to her. I, I thought the same thing. Very good. Okay. Let's talk now about uh, the second primary relationship. And uh, this one, it sounds like it was a bit different. And uh, of course, this is a, a, plays a huge role uh, in the, talking about Sebastian's disappearance. What can you say about... And I'm not saying he didn't have any any other girlfriends or whoever in the meantime, but um, we're just going to focus on these two. What can you say about this second one, uh, this relationship? How did Sebastian and this uh, woman meet? And maybe you can talk about that relationship a little bit. Um, well, he, after my mom had died, we had um, we couldn't keep up with like the mortgage of the house where we where we like grew up mm-hmm. so I ended up moving to Westbrook with my boyfriend and living with him and my brother didn't have anywhere to go so I was like well you can go to my friend's house and this girl she was there and they ended up talking and forming mm-hmm. a relationship and um, she got pregnant rather Fast. Mm-hmm. And, um, she was, she was young. She's younger than I am. So, mm-hmm. and she just, uh, I don't know. She just wasn't somebody that I would. Uh, her and her and his, um, the mother of his daughter are just completely different. So yeah. It was kind of like, oh wow. I don't even, I don't know. I never really, we, her and I never got along really. Mm-hmm. What year would you say this was about that he started dating this other woman? Um, this was like 20, 2015 maybe. Okay. So a couple of years before his disappearance. Okay. In you once again, I realize you were not around them all the time, but would you say that their relationship was turbulent? Yeah. Okay. Like in the beginning, I guess it wasn't so much, but mm-hmm. like I said, she was younger and she would like to go out and go to the club and my brother kind of 
had done all that. Mm-hmm. She, you know, cheated on him and did all that stuff, and she wow. had two kids already. So it's just like, I see. Yeah. All right, so she had a couple kids from a prior relationship. Yeah. And then she meets your brother Sebastian, and they have a child together. Right. And they, and it was a son? Yes. Okay, so he has a daughter from uh, this first uh, relationship, and then a, a daughter from the first, a son from the second. And so this son must have only been maybe a year or two old at the time of uh, Sebastian's disappearance. Yeah, he, um, yep, he was just shy of... Um being a year old when oh. Sebastian went. Oh my, okay. And uh, I realized this wasn't uh, at the time of his disappearance, and we'll get into that, but uh, did the two live together like 2015, 2016 into 2017, or, or what? Yeah. yeah, they did. And then um, at the time of his disappearance, I remember, because I had um, I had lived with them for a couple, like um, a, I think a month, a month and a half, and I ended up getting my own apartment, so I moved out. And um, I remember him telling me that she, you know, she was acting really weird. Hmm. And, like <laughs> she was just acting really strange. And Sebastian had um this like disorder thing with his body where he would just get random blood clots, and he like his legs would swell up, and he oh wouldn't my. be able to. And it was painful. Yeah. So. She ended up getting like almost like resentful. This is what he told me okay. towards my brother because you know he couldn't really do much. And um, one day, I guess she just got up and took all the kids because she had already been seeing somebody else and uh, left my brother there. Oh my! And and yeah, that happened happens to be the one of the people that could, she formulated this plot of what happened to my brother so okay before. how long did how long did this happen before he went missing that he took she took off uh with these kids um i think like a, a week or two pretty close yeah all right what did when you talk to sebastian about it what did he have to say about that he, he was just upset. Like, he, all he was like, I just want to see my son. Like, mm-hmm. he would say that she would be real, you know, real ignorant to him and laugh at him and just mm-hmm. all, like, kind of, like, immature ways of treating somebody that, you know, is the, the father of your kid. And it's like, but, I mean, like I said, she was young. She was younger. Yeah. yeah. But still, like, it was just she was very ignorant, and she would always she would keep little because his uh, his son's name is Little Sebastian, so like he huh. would keep she would okay. keep Little Sebastian, my brother, and you know it's just I I don't know I don't understand mm. the train of thought, and then my brother ended up you know going back into his old ways because he was. Mm. In, in so much pain and he just yeah. wanted to do the reality of everything so I guess okay. alright and uh, did she, when she moved out with uh, with their son and the, her other children did she move in with this other guy yeah uh, well I'm 
I'm under the impression that she moved in with her sister. Okay. And I guess he, um, I guess her boyfriend did live with them. Okay. So. All right. So this is going on, and 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 so a lot of things going on in in Sebastian's life. Not long before he disappeared. Right. Okay. Let me just ask you some overall, uh, just so we uh, the listeners have a good handle on the relationship between yourself and Sebastian. How often uh, would you see him? Well, I mean, after I moved out, not as much as I would have liked to, mm-hmm. but I saw him enough. I would see him maybe once, at least once a week, <coughs> okay. if not once a week, but... Um, yeah, I remember he had called me one time and said that, you know, the mother of his son was pregnant again, and he didn't know if it was his, his kid, and I, I think that's one of the main reasons why Mm -hmm. she ended up leaving him, or not leaving him, but acting so, um, like, rude and distasteful to him was because she was pregnant with another one of his children. Wow. Any proof yeah. of that? I mean, of course, this disappearance is how old now? We are going to be coming up on, uh, unfortunately, the five-year anniversary this year. Uh, yeah. Is there any proof that, uh, did she have another child? Any blood t- work done? She did, um, but um, so she did have um, a, a girl I think that August after mm-hmm. he went missing, wow. um, she had sent me a picture, I think. She had sent me a picture, or she had posted a picture, and I had posted it on my Facebook, and she um, she actually told me that I had no right to post that, and she gave the baby up for adoption. Oh, okay. So, there's really no proof of, <laughs> there is no proof, so. No proof that it was Sebastian's. Okay. All right. So you see him maybe once a week and, you know, moving up to those days before he disappeared where you, uh, of course, as you've already stated, your parents are unfortunately deceased uh, by the time he went missing uh, and you're his only sibling. Were you, would you say that you were worried about him in like maybe the week or two before he went missing? Anything that really worried about, you know, his demeanor? Of course, as this woman moves out, takes kids with her. Um you know, what were you thinking about Sebastian in the summer of 2017? Yeah, no, I definitely was worried about him. I was worried mostly about his health because um, his legs used to get so big, like, and it was scary because he had so many medical issues. So he never wanted to go to the hospital and ever get it checked out. So Mm -hmm. it's like, it, it was just, I was scared for him on that part. Like, if anything was to ever happen to him, like, he was alone, and he had no cell phone, so it's like, I could never get a hold of him if I wanted to, so, but he was doing a lot more than uh, it was that he would, you know, tell me about. Yeah, Okay. What was this, uh, the clotting of his legs? Was this some type of disease? Did it have a name? Yeah, I mean, I think it was called, um, what was it 
small, like, deep vein thrombosis or something. Wow. He's pretty young to be having that. Uh, What was going on there? I mean, you just usually usually don't hear that from 29, 30-year-olds. Yeah, I I have no idea. Like, I don't even know how it, it, I don't know how he even got it. But it was, it was definitely scary. Like, he could, like, press his finger into his leg and it would, like, it would leave just a huge indent. And it was crazy. He would get these weird bruises everywhere and. Mm-hmm. I've never seen anything like it. I don't. But he would never go to the doctors or anything for mm-hmm. anything. So. Okay. All right. So yeah, did some health issues. He has um doesn't have a cell phone. The woman in his life took his son away. So he has a lot of things going on. And as you stated, I think you told me that maybe he fell back into an addiction because of all this going on. Okay, so yeah. he has a lot of lot of things going on. Very stressful. Okay, and in your at the time of his disappearance, we'll get into maybe how this might not have been true, but at the time of his disappearance, were you under the impression that he was living by himself? Yes. Okay, we will. Can the listeners remember that? We will come back to that later. So, on what happened, your understanding. Once again, I I I know you weren't there, but of course, you eventually got to talk to him. What happened on that evening of June 16th, 2017? Um, well, he told me that he was, you know, he was sleeping and um, he woke up to um, a bunch of guys, you know, just attacking him and they ended up dragging him out of bed wow. outside and they all just were stomping on his head and punching him and... Mm-hmm. One of the guys, you know, like kneeled down and he said that it was, you know, he that it was um his mother, the mother of his son, mm-hmm. that it was her boyfriend at the time, and you know he had got down and whispered in his ear that you know if he thought that a junkie was going to get custody, he might want to rethink that and huh. go retract the um, custody papers that he the day before right and so and this is this is did come up when i talked to and is uh the the mother of his first child i uh, knew all about this and i will be mentioning this afterwards so what you're saying is after this woman moved out with his son uh that sebastian had designs on getting some sort of paperwork filled out so he could have access to his son yes all right and this and this June 16th fight that happened, he's in bed and they barge in there, um, he believed happened because of that. Yeah. And that's... Yep. All right. And um, and in his opinion, he is identifying this new boyfriend as being one of the guys who did this. Yes. Okay. So once again, what happened? Uh, this fight, um, and uh, my understanding is somebody saw this happen and called 911? All right, and please uh, go from there. What happens next? Um, from my understanding, the lady that lived across the street um, called 911, and when they got there, I mean, the brother was just on the ground, so yeah. they, uh, they brought him to the hospital, and I don't even know how long he was there for. I just know that um, he had left against doctor's orders and 
Um, I had lived right, I had lived right behind the hospital at the time. And my, I had two friends that had left my house fairly early that morning. It was around, I think it was around like seven in the morning. And, um, they had called me and had said that, you know, my brother was walking around in a hospital gurney with no shoes on, you know, just looking disoriented and it almost looked like he was talking to himself. So, and then they said that he had looked eaten up and I, my brother was a, a big guy and yeah. I never saw ever beat up in my life. Like mm-hmm. ever. So I told them to, you know, bring them to my house and they did. And when I opened them, um, when I opened my door, I, I was like, I was shocked at them. Yeah. Right. And uh, if I may jump in here, the listeners should know that by the time you're all hearing your voices, I will have uh, posted a picture of what Sebastian looked like, how bad he got beat up in his, at least in his face, uh, that uh, that preceding night. Now we should say something. He was wearing a hospital gown, not a gurney. A gurney is like a a bed with wheels. Right. 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 All right. All right. Uh, he was wearing a hospital gown. And just to yeah. go over this, just to make sure the listeners heard this correctly, he's wandering around outside the hospital, and your friends who were just at your place saw him. Yeah. And did they escort him back to your place? Yes, they did. Yeah. Okay. And so when you saw him, of course, you were very distressed. Is this when he then told you what happened? Yeah. I, uh, I instantly got pissed yeah i was who did this to you like what happened you yeah tell me what happened. just kept saying i can't believe she did this to me i can't believe that she did i'm like who who did this to you and um he had said that you know that is the mother of his son is done and um i can't even i can't even lie um i was so mad that i went in a i went and found her and I I remember seeing her and I was like, you're so lucky that you're holding my nephew because that was so uncalled for what you did. And like, she just had this disgusting smirk on her face. And she was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I was here all night. Like, she's just, mm-hmm. it was just so, so like sick and sadistic because she knew what she did. And then even like later on when the, when she was interviewed for the news, you know, just like, the things that she said, like, she she just lied so much. Like, she didn't say anything that was the truth. And mm-hmm. I just don't, why she, why somebody that, you know, you guys have a kid together, why would you, he, he could have died. Like, and then, and the result of this, kind of, like, he did, I think, you know, like. Okay. I think we got, I think, we'll get, I, I, I totally understand. I just want to stick to that morning when he shows up there. So he shows up there, and then you, did you leave him there and then go find her? Was he, so he was at your place when you did this? Yeah, so I had, um, I had laid him down on my bed and got him comfortable, and, um, yeah, the pictures that are actually, like, on, like, on the internet are pictures mm-hmm. that I took of him mm-hmm. on my bed, still in his hospital gown. I tried cleaning up his face a little bit, and, um, yeah, and then I had, uh, I had left him went to Portland. I mean, went to Westbrook from Portland. Okay. And, um, 
only gone for like 45 minutes and when I came back he was still sleeping so I just let him sleep for a little while mm-hmm. longer and then he got up about what about what time um he got up around noon okay noon was it um obvious to obviously he had injuries to his face were there any other injuries that he talked about or that you could see of course to his arms legs body it was pretty much all just just as you know just his head really okay any other you know i didn't see any other okay okay um so you come back he's still there and uh, did he ever tell you the reason he gave for leaving the hospital? No, he just he just kept saying that he didn't want to be there. And, I mean, <laughs> then mm-hmm. he tells me that he got like, brain swelling and brain bleeding. And I'm like, well, why didn't you stay at the hospital? Right. But he just didn't want to stay there for some reason. It was just, he was very adamant on that like, he didn't want to stay there. But, it just, it doesn't make sense at all. I don't understand why he even left the hospital. Like, what would have, mm-hmm. maybe scared? I don't know. I don't, I have no idea. Okay. I have to ask a question because I'm sure the listeners are thinking the same thing. Why didn't you call 911 uh, again? Um, I could have. You're right. I definitely could have. But, I mean... I did ask him, so I just, you know, I just went as, like, his wishes. Like, he had told me, and I think he had told the mother of his kid that, you know, he would go back to the hospital, but we both knew he wasn't going to. Mm-hmm. But I didn't I didn't call because he had asked me not to. And Okay. Not anyway. Okay. Uh, would you say once you came back, uh, you said you came back at noon and he woke up, uh, would you say, was there anything that he showed to be disoriented or anything else? If he's talking about bleeding on the brain and things like that, did you see any signs of that? No, like he, um, he seemed better when he woke up than he did when he first got to my house. Okay. He just like, it was very hard for him to talk. Um, I bet. He didn't seem, like, out of it or disoriented in in any type of way when I was talking to him. Okay. All right, so he gets up, um, and what then happens? Um, I had given him some clothes. Um, I cleaned up his face again because his face was, you know, like, his lip was still bleeding. Mm -hmm. But, um use my phone to call, you know, his, um, the mother of his daughter. And, you know, I had talked to her and told her to be prepared to see him. And he yeah. had, um, he had asked me if I could, uh, if he could stay at my house and, um, selfishly, I mean, I said no, and I don't even, couldn't even tell you why. Um, <clears throat> which I mean, I should have let him stay there. Okay. But, um, she had came to pick him up with, um, with their daughter and his daughter was just 
so freaked out because yeah. she didn't recognize him and I kept having to tell her like you know that's your daddy and she kept screaming like who is that and it was so sad <laughs> and um so he ended up going with her I gave him a kiss goodbye I told him that I loved him and that was the last time that I saw my brother um If I can ask, uh, being that he was going, uh, once again, this has been uh, the woman that I got to talk to, and once again, I will get, uh, will give some of the people the details of what she had to say to me when I talked to her on the phone a few days ago. Um, what was your understanding of where she was going to take him that day, June 17th, in the afternoon of June, 20, uh, June 17th, 2017? Uh, at the time, I had no idea where they were going. Okay, so he never said, you know, she's going to take me here. And when she showed up, she goes, you know what? I'm going to take Sebastian somewhere. Nothing like that. No. Okay. All right, being that they didn't say anything, did you have even an inkling? Did you have a particular idea? Did you maybe think, oh, she's going to take him back to his apartment or she's going to take him back to her place? Anything. Yeah, I thought he was, I thought he would probably um go back to to either her apartment or um or his. Okay. Um, yeah, I didn't think he would get dropped off, you know, somewhere and not want to rest. I just, I don't know. Okay. And it was during this time he was there that he told you who he thought beat him up. And these would have been men connected to the mother of his son. Correct. That's what he said. Okay. All right, so last time you see him, she is uh, taking him. He's getting into her car, and they're taking off, although you don't know where they are going. And once again, I'll fill in some of those blanks uh, after this uh, interview. So when do you suspect that maybe something's not right? Uh, of course, this was June 17th. On what date do you think it was? It was like, you know what? I haven't heard from Sebastian for a while. He hasn't called me. Nobody's uh, you know, told me anything about him. I'm sure you were very concerned about his injuries, but when did it start registering to you that maybe something wasn't right? Um, it was a long time. Like it really was. It was um, it was almost a like almost a, about a almost a month. Wow. Yeah, it was a long time, and I couldn't even like I can't even honestly like tell you why it took me that long or like why I didn't realize because I don't ever go that long without talking to my brother mm -hmm. but I never would have thought that you know that, that June 17th would be the last time that I ever saw him that something like this would happen mm -hmm. so I thought you know and I like so when I had um when I had called the mother of his daughter and I you know I had asked her like when was the last time like, have you talked to Sebastian and she was like, "No, why? Like, I haven't, I haven't talked to him. And if he never, if, if he, if I haven't talked to him, like, she's talked to him. He talked to his daughter. Like, so when she had said that she hadn't talked to him since, you know, like she picked him up from my house, mm -hmm. I instantly was like, "No, something is wrong. Something is very wrong." So I hung up and I called the police to file a missing person report immediately. Okay. Uh, I, I know the listeners are going to be very surprised by that. I mean, he, you the last time you saw him, he had a, what we call a very horrible black eye and a, and a busted lip. 
Um, never thought, hey, once again, I'm not trying to guilt you, Adrian. I'm just trying to make sure we understand this. It was nothing. You know, I got to call my brother to see how he's recovering. Right. Well, I couldn't call him because he didn't have a cell phone. He didn't have a cell phone. Okay. Very, very. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And how how close would you say you lived to him at the time? I mean, we, of course, this would have been the place where he got beat up. So, you know, he might have been fearful of uh, going back there anyway. But how far did you live from him? Um, I lived like about 15 minutes in, like, in a car ride. Okay. Not far. I literally, I can't even, there's no explanation, there's no okay. reason why. I just, mm. I don't even know. Okay. All right, so finally, it's not until I guess we could say July of 2017, uh, before you, uh, you know, realize, well, uh, you know, she, uh, the mother of his, if his daughter, his first child, hasn't talked to him, even though she was the one that was last seen with him. Uh, yeah. Man, this is, he hasn't called her. It starts to look bad. What do the police do? Um, well, they, <laughs> they were actually really rude. Um, so it took them, it took the police almost 10 hours to come to my house. Hmm. to file a missing person's report and then it ended up being like a, a state trooper that came and um, you know I told him everything that had happened and he was like oh we'll put um, you know we'll put a description out of him and all this stuff and then I had wrote down everything and told him everything so by the end of it he said that you know he was going to put out um, a nationwide you know like endangered missing person alert for my brother but I mean that's about as far as that went like the, the police they didn't really do do much I mean I don't really know what they really could have done but it didn't really seem like they were too invested in what happened to my brother from the beginning you know they told mm-hmm. me for they told me numerous times that you know well, you just need to calm down. You know, I'm sure there's a logical explanation. I'm sure he's just, you know, out on a drug bender and wow. all ignorant stuff. And I'm trying to tell him, like, you don't get it. <laughs> he's, he's not. Mm-hmm. Like, something's wrong. And they just didn't. Okay. When you talked to the police, did you tell them that he had been beat up by these certain guys? And do you, and did you, do you have any idea whether the police ever went and talked to these guys? Um, I guess they had, but, um, they said that they didn't know all of the parties involved, so they couldn't interview everybody. They just interviewed, um, the mother of his son, Mm -hmm. her, her brother-in-law, they interviewed with one of the guys that was involved in him being drunk. Okay. Do you think that these people denied having anything to do with this fight? Yes. They did. All right. And so what you're saying, we're doing this uh, interview on February 6th, 2022. What you're saying is the whoever beat uh, Sebastian up, they've never been charged with anything. Right. 
Okay, and the listener is going to remind, have to remind, uh, remember this. Now, given that the last person that you knew uh, was with Sebastian was the mother of his daughter, when you spoke to her, what did she say she and Sebastian did after leaving your place on June 17th? Where did she say she took him? Um, I, to my understanding, like she had said that, um, well, not Maybe your understanding. I, was, I mean, I know you probably asked her, what did she say? Yeah. Um, I thought she had said that she had dropped him off, you know, at, at the library to meet his boss. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, come to find out she had dropped him off, um, I guess, at his boss's house. Okay, so what you're saying is between uh, this has maybe been a uh, change in your belief very recently. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But she says what she's saying, and I talked to her too, and once again, I will fill in what she told me. But she said that she dropped him off, uh, and it had to do with his boss. Yes. This boss of this... um, uh, this remodeling business that Sebastian was involved in. Correct. Okay. All right, so police get involved a month later. They go and talk to a couple people. And, of course, with the disappearance being a month old and, and a uh, young man not being seen, you know, there's uh, not a lot that you know can be done. Of course, we don't have any cell phone information because he doesn't have a cell phone, uh, et cetera. Okay, let's move on to what I would call the rest of the case. Um, When Sebastian left your place that day, what did he have? Did he have, uh, of course, we know he didn't have a phone, and you gave him some clothes, but did he have an ID, wallet, anything like that? Um, Not to my knowledge, no. But I don't, I wouldn't think so, because... I mean, well, I don't even know if he had gone home, like Mm -hmm. I said, so when I know that when he got, you know, when he went to the hospital, he didn't have any clothes belongings. Okay. All right. So, yeah, he probably wouldn't have had those things. He was getting beat up in the street. Okay. And we have to remember there's still this uh, apartment he was living in. We should note, for the record, his boss was also his landlord. Um, I'm sorry, repeat that? Uh, his boss was also his landlord. Right, yes. Okay. Yeah. All right, so the place that uh, where he was attacked, his boss owns or owns the building or that apartment or whatever it is. Yep, okay. yeah, he does. He, okay. Yeah, he owns. Okay. All right, and so what uh, you, did you ever have a chance to, after you figured out that Sebastian was missing? When you spoke to the boss, and I realize this is going to create a uh, contradiction here, but I have to ask the question anyway. When when did you finally talk to his boss? Um, a, a couple of weeks, you know, like after he had gone missing, I had asked because I was just I was under the impression that he had just talked to him and he was supposed to be meeting up with him. So I had asked if he, you know, ever did meet up with him, and you know. He said that he never met up with him. So, is that what he said? Yeah. All right. So we have a story from the mother of Sebastian's uh, daughter, the first child, that.
that she dropped him off at the bosses. And just for the record, she says that she did see the boss there and Sebastian, she let Sebastian out and they met. But when you talk to the boss, when you found out about this, you're telling um, myself and the audience that the boss denied that. Right. Wow. Okay. And when do you think this conversation took place between you and Sebastian's supervisor or the owner of this company? Um, it's had to have been maybe like in, in August. Okay. August of 2017. Yes. Okay. Yep. All right. So there's that. All right. Let's move on to this. What about... Uh, of course, we've talked about this ex. We're not using any names. I'm sorry, listeners. We just can't do that. But the mother of uh, the first child, the daughter, the one, uh, the woman that I got to speak to. Um, this is something that, uh, of course, I found out in my discussion. But then I told you about it, and you either forgot about it or were never told it. But this ex told me that Sebastian did call her. Uh, was this news to you? Yeah, yeah, it sure, it sure was. Okay, so I will just talk for a few seconds here, uh, Adrian. That in talking to this ex, what she told me is yes, she dropped Sebastian off at his boss's place. She saw Sebastian get out. She saw the boss there. She left. But then on Father's Day, which would have been the, it was the nineteenth of June in twenty seventeen. Of course, Father's Day is always on a Sunday. June 19th, 2017, she claims that Sebastian actually called her and uh, then he also got to talk to their four-year-old daughter or however the however old the daughter is. Is that yeah. what, right? That's, is that what she told you? That's That's my understanding. I know you've had a chance to talk to her. Did she say that? Yes, yes, she did. All right, so... I guess what we're saying is then a couple days after she dropped them off, after this June 17th, after he left your place, he was seemingly still around. I, I mean, I guess so, because somebody else had, um, said that they had saw him at a convenience store mm-hmm. and, you know, they called the police and told the police. So, I mean, there were like, a few people have seen, have said that they saw him and like, alleged, like, allegedly the last time that anybody, like that he just fell off the face of the planet was mm-hmm. 19. But, it just, I don't know if it's like June 17th because that's when I filed the missing persons report, but. You didn't file on, you didn't file on June 17th. You didn't do that till July. Oh, right. Sorry. I'm sorry. If that's, a, if that's what, like, because I said that was the last time that I talked to my brother, mm-hmm. was June 17th, or what, but, you know, the police even said that, you know, they have, um, they have that video. We'll that, get, we'll get um, to the, vi- we'll get to the video, but, uh, what we're saying is, what we're trying to, I think, establish here, Adrian, is that she dropped him off his bosses, but that really, you know... He was still doing something. He was living somewhere at least a couple days later. And June, I don't know where. Yeah, we don't know where. Okay, and once again, I will fill in more of the blanks um, a little later. Now, you mentioned this video. 
Let's talk about this video. When were you first told of this video? Uh, pretty much a couple of weeks after he had gone missing, they, because uh, me and, you know, my niece's mom had, had gone to the police department in, in Westbrook together. Mm -hmm. Um, they had said that, you know, there was a video of my brother just walking down Main Street and just going down the side of a house and disappearing out of, like, I don't, it really doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. But. <laughs> All right, so have you, let's just get this out of the way. Have you ever seen this video? No. All right, where did it happen in Westbrook, allegedly? Um, it was right on, on Main Street, and um, the video was taken supposedly at um, uh, Cumberland Farms. Okay. And, but they, from my understanding, it was at night. Hmm. So I don't really understand, you know, like, how anybody would just know, like, randomly that that was, you know, my brother. That right. Walking. Have the police ever explained how they even came across this video, being that they didn't even know he was missing until a month later when you told them? How did they go back that far to find video of a missing person? Did they ever explain that to you? No, no, never. Okay. All right. So I, I, I think uh, the listeners are going to get the idea. I don't know if we're supposed to believe this video or not. Uh, we we talk a lot of, as you would imagine, Adrian, on this program, we talk a lot about videos, evidence. There's probably a lot less video when it comes to missing persons cases than the public realizes. But certainly when we have a, a guy who wasn't, nobody even knew he was missing for a month, to think that uh, police department anywhere, not just in Maine, but any state in the United States, would go back there and start going through video of any places around and actually happen upon your brother. The odds of that happening are so small. Right. So, but it just, whoever this guy was, allegedly, if the video exists, once again, I'm not inclined to believe it until my guest sees it, but it just shows a man walking. Right. Yeah, at nighttime. Okay. I don't know what to think of that. Okay, but we have to talk about it because that's what the police told you. They believe it's Sebastian. Right. Okay. Let's move on to this. Now, we have to remember that uh, there's this apartment that Sebastian was in when he got beat up. Uh, when was it that somebody finally went over to his place... You know, to find out, hey, maybe Sebastian's just at home. Maybe he's here. Maybe he's there. And uh, when did somebody go over to his apartment and what was found? Uh, apparently, there were two people that supposedly said that Sebastian said they could stay there. And the police had found these two people just in his house, huh. which makes no sense to me. Like, why would my brother say you could stay there, but he's not there? And just to go back to an early part of this uh, interview, you were under the impression that Sebastian was living there by himself. Correct. All right, but then when um, somebody shows up there to see if Sebastian is there, there's other people in that place. Right. Okay. Yeah. Did, 
did you ever get, being that Sebastian was living there and he had clothes and other things, did you ever get any of that stuff? No. Do you have any idea what happened to it? Um, I was under the impression that um, his son's mother went and you know, got mm. everything. <laughs> wow. So, um, allegedly, the person who instigated this fight in the first place was the person who got all his stuff. So when we say stuff, we say uh, if his if his wallet was there, she got it, clothes, possessions, if he had a video game system, all of it, gone. Everything, yep. And being that his, his supervisor, the boss of this remodeling business, was the landlord of this place, what did he have to say about all this? Uh, nothing, really. Nothing at all. He was very surprised about everything. Okay. All right, so the the very boss who uh, Sebastian saw the day after he got beat up seemingly um, had other people living there and never told anybody else about it. No explanation from him at all. Right, none. Okay. Don't know what to think of that. All right. Right. All right, and who were... Do you even know who these two people were? Do you know their names? Uh... Could they have known in Sebastian in any way, anything? No, I have no idea who they are. Like, I was never told their names, though, so... Mm-hmm. And who actually did come across them? The police? Yeah, yeah. Okay, they show up and these two people are there. All right, man and a woman? Yep. They said that, um, you know, my brother had told them that they could stay there. Did they ever give any indication of how long they had been staying there? No. None at okay. all. I'm, I'm maybe a couple days. I don't know. Okay. That's strange. Okay. Now, we talked about this fight. I'll ask you again. Uh, given that when Sebastian showed up at your place, he told you who beat him up, has anybody ever been charged with anything? No. All right, so four and a half years later, no charges brought. Uh, but did we're not going to use their names? But did he use? Did he specifically use people's names when he told you that? Um. Yeah. Well, they didn't use specific names, no. Mm. So. Okay. But I'm sure they know. Like, no. Okay. Why they didn't tell me, but. Okay. Let's move on to this, and this was, uh, I get the idea, this was a relatively new piece of information. This is another, of course, we already talked about, and I will once again, after this interview is over for the episode, I will be talking about my discussion with the, the, the mother of Sebastian's first child, child, but she talked about how he called her on the 19th, which is Father's Day. However, just recently, somebody told you they also saw Sebastian after this after uh, he was with his uh, the mother of his child, what were the circumstances? Um, I guess that he had um, you know just asked them if well they saw this she she had said that you know she had saw his face and she was really you know taken back by it mm-hmm. and um that he was jumped. And 
said that he thought that it was um, the mother. It, well, he said that mm-hmm. he believed that it was the mother of you know his son. Yeah. Because he to get custody, and um, you know they had just talked a little bit, and that was the last time that um they said that they saw him because you know I guess they like said Happy Father's Day because it was Father's Day, and um they just. But it's specifically, where did they see him? Oh, at the police department. (laughs) So, uh, once again, uh, as I will tell the listeners, I I don't know, this this is a coincidence, and uh, the listeners know how I feel sometimes about coincidences seem a little too good to be true. But they're saying they were down uh, somewhere at the police department, and they just happened to encounter Sebastian down there, and it seemed to them like he was there to file charges. Right. But, I mean, none of it, that doesn't make much sense to me because, um, <laughs> I mean, it just, it just doesn't make sense to me. Why doesn't it? Uh, I don't, because he, when he told me, he didn't even know the, you know, the, he just referred to the, that one guy mm-hmm. as um, her boyfriend and her brother-in-law. Like, and maybe he was going to, you know, press charges on her brother-in-law because he did know his name. But like, I just, I don't understand how. I mean, maybe he was there to press charges, but I think if he was at the police department, I mean, I think like. The cops would have brought it up. Well, I, I, I agree with you. So what you're saying, when you were told this recently, that's that you've never heard that before. Uh, the police never said, well, you know, he came in and tried to file charges, nothing like that. Right. But, this, but still, this is what these people told you, and they said they saw him with his injured face and everything, so this was certainly after he got beat up. Right. Yeah. yeah. Would this be yeah. the same police department that is responsible for his disappearance? Well, you're gonna have to get to the bottom of that, Adrian. <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> I know this the, this information just came out within the last forty eight hours. Um, yeah, you're certainly gonna have to get to the bottom of that to see if it's true or not. Yeah. Okay. I get along with the police. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they okay. had called me and asked me, you know, if I thought they were calling me to, you know, ask about my or tell me that they had something to do. Or some new, you know, lead in my brother's case, but yeah, they were just asking me, you know, if I knew of any, you know, drug dealers that, you know, I could um, point their direction, and you know, they would look into, they would look further into my brother's disappearance, and they, that's been said to me like numerous times. So that's pretty like, pathetic. And I, that uh, qualifies as missing persons investigations today. It's pathetic. Okay. All right. So we have, he gets uh, brought uh, to his boss's house. His uh, ex-girlfriend drops him off. The good ex-girlfriend. Uh, she sees them together. He leaves. A couple days later, Sebastian calls her to talk to their daughter. And um, then 
Um, he's seemingly seen, I guess, on the same day, around the same day, at the police station, or at least outside it or something. And, if we're to believe this, and that's the last time. So June 19th may be the proper disappearance date for this. Okay, and and since then, no sightings at all. Right. How tough have the last five years been? Almost five years, Adrian. Uh, um, well, I think for the first, you know, couple months, I just, you know, thought like maybe, <clears throat> you know, I always knew something was wrong, but I didn't, like, I thought maybe since he did have like, you know, a brain injury, that mm. something happened to him in that sense. But, I mean, I never, like, in a million years would have thought that, you know, I feel like my, my life is like an episode of, like, Dateline. Like, I never would have thought that I would have a missing brother that, you know, I have no idea where he is. And yeah. So, at, at this, you know, I, I've been knowing that, you know, he's obviously not with us. So, it's like, it's so painful. And, like, you know, he was all I had left. And I just, it's been hard. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Really hard. Do you have a Facebook page or website, anything set up for Sebastian's disappearance? Um, there is a Facebook page that just, it's just called um, Missing Sebastian. Okay. And, um, um, but there's not a lot of people like that know about it because it needs, it, it's not like a huge, hasn't been a huge, you know, mm-hmm. hasn't had a lot of publicity or anything. Like it was, yeah. it was only on the news one time and yeah. or twice. So it's like, I don't know. Okay. I just, well, we're going to try to change that. And all I can tell you is, you uh, you know, you got to keep working at it. You got to keep getting the word out there. Uh, you got to do some interviews. You know, you got to be proactive in contacting, especially local media in, in the Portland area. You know, you can't, you know, you just have to keep doing that until they just can't say no anymore or ignore you or whatever, whatever is going on there. I think a lot of families run into that. Uh, especially when this appearance gets to be four and a half years old. I think, uh, of course, it also doesn't help that nobody realized he was missing for a month. I think, obviously, you know, hindsight 2020, if somebody had recognized he was missing within a couple days, then probably uh, the news would have been on it a little more. But, you know, when they start hearing about a disappearance in which a guy wasn't even known to be missing for a month... Sometimes they're not sure what to do with that. So, um, once again, just my experience. But, um, either way, uh, I will continue to try to work with you, Adrian. Uh, it does sound yeah. to me like there's still a lot that can be done. Uh, we've talked about filing a FOIA with the police department to get everything that they have. We've, of course, talked about, you know, if he did file a... If he was at the police station that day, it was probably too... Maybe file something against these guys. You got to look into that. So there's certainly some things that still need to be done. In in addition, if they're going to say that there's a video, 
of Sebastian walking, they should show it to you. I'm not saying that they necessarily need to release it to the public, but if they're going to say that, they should show it to you. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Okay. But I will continue to uh, counsel you as best I can. If you need my help, of course, I'm always here. Thank you. I appreciate it so much. It just means a lot to me. You're, you're very welcome. Um, any final words before we complete this interview? Um, just, I mean, I, I appreciate you taking the time to, you know, even take interest in that my brother. And I hope that somebody somewhere knows something that, you know, mm-hmm. can help bring him you know, home okay. so we can at least put him to rest or you know, bring yeah. him home or just have cancer or just have help because not knowing is the worst. Uh, I, I promise you I'll continue to try to do my best for you, Adrian, and I appreciate you being on this episode of Unfound. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. And that was my February 6th 2022 interview with Adrian Rush, sister of Sebastian Kelly. I thank her for joining me and all of you on this episode. As I stated during the interview, I got to speak to the mother of Sebastian's first child. She is the person who picked up Sebastian from Adrian's and took him to the boss's house. I will now detail what she told me. She told me that, like Adrian, she thought it was useless to try to take Sebastian to the hospital because she believed he would leave again without authorization. However, she insists that despite how Sebastian looked, he was acting like himself. She also told me that Sebastian called a couple different people before reaching his boss. Her impression was that Sebastian was just trying to find a safe place to stay. And the first person who picked up the phone was his boss. I would also say that the reason that this woman didn't take Sebastian back to her place is because I think there was just too much going on between them, prior relationship, Sebastian still had an addiction, and this woman didn't want that around their daughter. This woman says that she had no idea until I spoke to her recently that Sebastian's boss says he never saw Sebastian on the day she dropped him off. So their stories are in conflict. Why? I don't know. But she also says for some reason she thought that Sebastian's boss eventually took him to Monument Square in Portland. To her knowledge, Sebastian had no reason to go to that area, but she cannot remember why she knew this information. She also detailed the couple days before Sebastian went missing. On June 15th, Sebastian showed up at her place with his son from the other relationship. Sebastian was high and rambling on and on about how he was going to get custody of that son. Sebastian left the son from the second relationship with the woman from the first relationship and went to the courthouse. Yes, while high. She is unsure what happened at the courthouse, but she believes he got kicked out because he was high. There are no records to back this up. However, 
While Sebastian was at the courthouse, the woman from the second relationship showed up at the first woman's house. She was angry and could not believe Sebastian had dropped off their son there. This first woman believes this is what instigated the beating Sebastian took the next day on June 16th at his apartment. Regarding the call that Sebastian made on Father's Day 2017, that would be June 19th, it came from a phone number that this woman did not know. However, this was not unusual. Sebastian often used other people's phones to call her because he did not keep up the minutes on his own phone. He did not say where he was or what he was doing. He sounded like himself, but hi. I asked her if she still had the phone number, but she said that was like three phones ago. And those are my notes from my talk with the mother of Sebastian's first child. I thank her for talking to me. This is a difficult disappearance to analyze for quite a few reasons. Number one, there are multiple viable theories. Foul play due to the fight, overdose and cover-up, suicide, or a health issue, which is the theme for this episode. Reason number two, we have this video that allegedly shows Sebastian. However, I have a hard time understanding how the video was discovered. The whole process seems very, very lucky, which brings the existence of the video into doubt. Reason number three as to why it's tough to analyze this case, we have conflicting stories between the boss and Sebastian's former girlfriend regarding whether Sebastian went to the boss's house or not. How can their stories be reconciled? Reason number four, these two new people in Sebastian's place. No explanation how they got there, and the boss, who was also the landlord, has never explained it either. And reason number five, the last one. We have the sighting of Sebastian at the police station. It could be real, but it sounds mighty convenient and a little too perfect. It's enough to make your head hurt. But that's why I'll leave the theorizing up to you. And that's the program. If you found it informative, please go to the app that you use to listen to Unfound and give this podcast a nice review. I thank you for listening. I'm Ed Densel, and you've been listening to Unfound.